you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Getting those shots out for five to 11 year olds is going to provide a lot of comfort to American families. Horses barely running them over, people being strapped. A horrific video of the CBP officers on horse on horses using brutal and inappropriate measures against innocent people. We have a secure border. The border is, in fact, secure. The border is closed. The border is secure. The border is secure. The border is closed. We've been unequivocal in that. On the issue of Afghanistan. And to that end, we have seen a successful drawdown of the embassy. I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. This is all about keeping working folks and Ordinary folks that I grew up with from being able to vote. The reconciliation package would cost zero dollars. The cost of these bills in terms of adding to the deficit is zero. Some have expressed publicly that they're not comfortable with the 3.5, even though zero costs zero dollars. Zero. 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 This bill is fully paid for and will not raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. Let me say that again. Be crystal clear. No one making... Less than $400,000 a year will pay a single additional penny in tax for all these things that were in the in, in the Build Back Better plan. If you're a husband and wife, school teacher, and a cop, you're paying at a higher rate than the average person making a billion dollars a year is. My plans do not add to inflationary pressure. The Build Back Better agenda will help reduce inflation, will help cut costs for the American people. If we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation. Inflation is going to come down next year. Inflation will come down next year. These inflation uh, rises will be transitory, that they will come back down next year. is in a crucial stage it's not because of foreign wars we wage it's more to do with the colors blue and red too many laws and too much government can you tell me where the constitution went the bill of rights is just hanging by a thread so many people try to cross the border and politicians build a new world order Minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got a big free.
Tappin' to the Truth. Tap into the Truth. Tap into the Truth. Tap into the Truth. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Uh, that little supercut you heard at the beginning, uh, that is a prime example of why the Democrats are struggling so mightily, limping their way into the midterm elections. It's because they have taken to lying to everyone so blatantly that even the typical Democrat voters who want to willfully ignore the lies, who are willing to accept that, uh, well, you know, they're politicians, uh, they all lie, there's going to be some lying, even they have reached their limits to the utter ridiculous levels of dishonesty these people not only have embraced, but are expecting us, the American people, to buy into. We're supposed to just believe it because it's what they tell us. And then we're supposed to accept that if someone like me is saying, hey, guys, uh, you know they're lying, that I'm the one engaging in the disbursement of misinformation or disinformation or whatever little prefix you want to add to the word information, because they're not supposed to believe your lying eyes. That's literally where we're at, and it's gotten to a point where even the most staunch of Democrats can no longer willfully ignore it. They have to acknowledge, hey, oh yeah, by the way, they are kind of lying. Clearly, they're lying. We know what causes inflation. We know the Biden administration is trying to prevent new leases for oil drilling development. We know the Biden administration is trying to kill the coal industry. We know these things to be true because they've told us this in the quiet places, behind the closed doors, in those special fundraising events. And they've told us that in the loud, open places, when they thought the only people that were paying attention are the tree-hugging greens. Because that's the kind of BS those folks want to hear. They are the same people that look at the earth and say, Oh, sorry, Mother M uh, Gaia. Uh, the infestation of humanity continues to pain you so. They literally want to put wildfires ahead of human existence. They don't believe there's any merit in civilization, and certainly not Western civilization. Those people are dangerous. Those people are stupid. They're, they're not just ignorant. They are flat out stupid, because to buy into that to such a level that human beings' total quality of life must be sacrificed in the name of Mother Gaia simply demonstrates the fact they don't understand what it means to be a steward of the earth and her resources. To be a steward means that you are indeed using them. You must use the resources to be a steward. You must use them responsibly to be a good steward. You're not being a steward of what you've been entrusted with if you are not using them in a responsible fashion, especially if you're not using them at all. 
we still have these people that have not made the the basic connection between the increased number of wildfires in certain west coast states and their leave the woodlands alone land management schemes. Back in the days of controlled burns, back in the days of actually managing the land, a lot fewer wildfires because there was a lot fewer opportunities for them. But if you don't manage the land, if you just let things go where they uh, may, then Mother Nature will eventually do those burns. But they will be very much uncontrolled. And more often than not, by the time humanity is in a position to recognize, hey, that's a bad thing happening over there, it's already past the point of reasonable containment before a lot of bad things happen. That's called poor stewardship. It's also called stupidity, hence me using that phrase. All right, enough of that babble. We've uh, got several topics to get to today and got a bonus uh, for you today. Had a conversation yesterday with the author of The Woking Dead, A.J. Rice. Now, we had a technical glitch that kept him from being on with us before. If you were actually listening to the live feed that goes out, you got to hear me talk to him. Uh, this was just as the book was coming out. And it was just a really weird snafu because my audio file went kaplooey. And my usual backups, none of them worked. So one of the backups had me talking, but you couldn't hear AJ. And that was pretty stupid, too. So I'm, I'm sitting here saying, okay, I'm going to call these folks out for their stupidity. Well, you know, I'm going to call myself out, too. And it was my blunder. I know I'd hit the wrong button, but what really killed me is some of the backup stuff is not on me, and they dropped the ball, too. So you guys missed that whole conversation, and it was a pretty good conversation. Well, uh, as it turns out, literally three months to the day after the release of The Woking Dead, he had a little time to come visit me, and we recorded it correctly. We'll be bringing you that at the bottom of this first hour. Uh, so you guys don't go anywhere. You'll hear that. I'm giving you the little tease, but I don't want to make you wait too long, especially since a lot of you knew I was planning on having them on back then, and you guys have already waited a long time to hear that conversation. Hopefully, you've been listening to AJ and his uh, other many interviews, because he's been working hard promoting the book, and it's paid off. A very, very strong seller. We'll uh, play that conversation a little bit later. Here, now, I want to talk to you a little bit about a little bit of a misnomer that's going around the internet right now. There's a lot of social media users that are circulating what is essentially uh, incorrect information. Uh, they are talking about the fact that some folks are claiming that PayPal has secretly brought back their policy where they were intending on fining users. $2,500 for spreading misinformation through the platform? Well, it would look that way if you casually peruse through some of the uh, some of the policies that were already in existence. But they haven't brought it back. What these folks are actually seeing, they're, they're not flat out lying. They're misinterpreting to a degree what they've seen. All right, there are fines on the platform already. If you haven't read your user agreement, which, you know, again, most of us are very bad about not doing that. 
But if you haven't read it, you might not be aware, but there were already fines in place. We know that PayPal has deplatformed multiple organizations and multiple commentators for their political views. We know that uh, we have seen them decide that what they were doing at this point wasn't enough. So they had released an upcoming change to its acceptable use policy that would indeed have banned the promotion of misinformation, using the air quotes, which is always great for the radio, as well as hate, violence, racial, and other forms of intolerance that is discriminatory. That's quoting from the policy that they tried to put forward. Now, within one day of the story breaking, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that was the Daily Wire that broke that story initially. But within one day, PayPal not only backed up on that particular policy, but they claimed that these new guidelines were published in error, that they never intended to do it. It was just part of a conversation they were having, and someone got a little overzealous in writing it down, and it was never meant to be published. Most of us aren't buying it. You know, if you're buying and selling online, there was a time where PayPal had cornered that particular market. But we're not buying what they're selling on this one, right? Anyway, citing a provision in the PayPal user agreement, multiple reports are floating around now claiming that the policy has been quietly reinstated. The policy that was never actually put in place, meaning it can't technically be reinstated, but the fact that you move forward with it would have been a better choice of words. Anyway, Neither the user agreement nor the acceptable use policy has been amended to include these, uh, well, I will call them nixed provisions, uh, because they're claiming they've nixed it. Although, I've told you, keep an eye out on it. They, they wanted to do it. They'll find a way to move forward with it. But according to a review of the Internet Archives that was conducted by none other than the Daily Wire, they also have confirmed there that the findings of the PayPal spokesperson uh, was true. They have not put the new $2,500 fines and fees in place yet. They have not made that official. So these reports are a little erroneous, but they're still based on some legitimate stuff that you should be aware of. The present user agreement, current user agreement, been in place for somewhere close to six years initially. Uh, it has, that user agreement has been uh, edited and updated a few times, but this part has not changed for at least six years, maybe a little longer. But it already had enumerated that a $2,500 sanction could be applied to accounts that were found to be in violation of the, quote, acceptable use policy. Now, the company says that the amount is a reasonable minimum estimate, you know, for actual damages induced by internal administrative costs to monitor violations, the damage to the brand reputation, and penalties from business partners. Now, that might be true under most business models, but I still have this serious concern that unless we're actively engaging in cancel culture, and unless PayPal is actively releasing 
what's supposed to be private information, i.e. who they're handling accounts for, then how is anybody going to know that they're utilizing the PayPal platform? Now, I get it. The first thing you're going to call out to me right there is say, well, content uh, creators are constantly saying uh, uh, you can go to PayPal and just make us. In fact, I've been known to say that on occasion because I do have a PayPal account, although I'm uh, looking into GabPay. And uh, I'm definitely in the process of looking for something else that can work. I've also got a Stripe account, of which I had a grand total of zero transactions. But it was required to sign up on one of the platforms and to monetize on it. I don't even remember which one now, but that was the only one they dealt with. So I wanted to try to monetize on that platform, and so I created an account. Uh, Stripe is marginally better than PayPal as far as the leftists that are running it, but there's still leftists that are running it. But still, if you made it part of the user agreement moving forward, that if you are a content creator that says things that may be deemed cancel-worthy by the left, maybe you just don't mention PayPal. Because then, realistically, there's no way for these folks to know unless they're also on these same platforms that require you to use a certain uh, brand of, uh, of what a hair, uh, transaction handler, I guess. <laughs> That's not very good terminology, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, whoever's going to move uh, your funds that you have earned on said platform into your bank account. Now, I love the business model with PayPal. I think they provide an invaluable service. I hate the fact that they don't understand that this is a bunch of gobbledygook. I mean, they understand it. They're hoping that the average person is not going to understand it and not going to cut through it because they're talking about a reasonable minimum estimate for actual damages that are induced by internal administrative costs. The first internal administrative costs they mention is monitoring violations. If they feel compelled to monitor violations, then they're already doing that. So charging the violators doesn't make the same amount of sense as it would be just to build that into your fee structure because potentially anybody's going to be doing this, right? So you're having to monitor Everyone Now, again, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know they're not monitoring everybody that uses the platform. We know that if you're using PayPal, they're monitoring bigger name conservatives, people that they know are conservatives, or people who have been reported to them as being conservative. Those are the only folks that are monitoring. Otherwise, there'd be a whole lot of lefties that'd be kicked off because they, they don't seem to care as much when the community guidelines are violated with leftists doing the violations. If you're some woke moron uh, talking about how it's great to throw a, a Catholic school kid through a wood chipper head first, as long as you're appropriately leftist and that Catholic school uh, child is appropriately not leftist and obviously not woke because they just happen to be at a pro-life rally, oh, well, then I guess that's okay, despite the fact that is a physical threat of harm, which is a violation of the standards of Twitter. Now, just a random example. Let the lefties stay. We know that the same model is being followed by every other leftist organization as they're trying to choke out the transmission 
of conservative information, period. Not just the far-flung extremist right-wing conspiracy theories, because that's what they call something as simple as a statement like, the Founding Fathers were, were great visionary people. Now, that's a genuine, honest opinion that I happen to hold. And they'll claim that it's okay for me to have that opinion. They'll claim that it's okay for me to express that opinion. But they feel obligated to protect those whom that opinion might do harm for, so they can't do business with me. They need to lock down my account. Now, granted, there is still some people that take this thing to an extreme, and, and I've heard a lot of people recently talking about Ye, uh, also known as Kanye West, at least up until recently. And, and I've heard some people that are ordinarily very much pro-free speech folks, that even they are like, I'm so glad they've deplatformed uh, Ye from his bank and deplatformed him from social media and have tried to just end business with uh, the fashion brand and the shoes and all this other stuff. But I, I still think that you're motivated to feel that way because there is still such a thing as the Overton window. There are certain things that we have agreed upon as a society that we probably shouldn't say. Now, we're not going to make it illegal because that means the government would be controlling speech. But generally, there's the Overton window. It's open just enough to say things like, well, you know, there are some Jewish people that appear to fall into the exaggerated characteristics of stereotype. Now, even just saying that is getting very dangerous of uh, entering into the realm of textbook level anti-Semitism. But I think that adequately skirts falling all the way into the trap. And if I had meant that statement, if I'd been out here trying to call out a specific person and said, and by the way, you know this guy's just acting like a stereotypical. If I was doing that, I think I'd probably cross the line anyway enough that there should be some level of public backlash. But does that mean I should be canceled? No. Does that mean that I should be deplatformed? No. Does it mean that banks should stop handling my transactions? No. None of those things should relate to expressing a poor opinion. The, again, the public backlash, meaning did you guys sound off on how crappy you think what I said and uh, post that on social media, say it on your own content if you happen to be a content creator. All that's fair game. That's legitimate. Because again, as I pointed out a multitude of times, and I know I'm not the only one pointing this out. I'm not the only one trying to tell you this, but the solution to bad speech is more speech, not less. You're only left with bad speech if you don't protect the speech that you don't like. As soon as you turn over the right to control what you are saying to any other entity, whether we're talking about the government or whether we're talking about a board of people sitting around talking about how they want to change the world for the better, and the first thing they have to do is make sure that some white guy like me doesn't use the N-word on Twitter, then you have given up your right to freedom of expression 
And you've also established for these people, you're planting the seed that not only do they have the right to control what is allowed in the public space, but they have the right to control how you think about it. And that plays back to the supercut that I did at the very beginning of the broadcast. These Democrats are losing because of how blatantly they're lying. And they now believe that they have the right, the clear-cut right, to not just control what the narrative is, but to control how you think about that narrative, how you express yourself in public, and how if you leave the reservation, if you do not fall in line with their narrative, that you should be ostracized. They're taking rules for radicals, they're pumping it up in steroids, they're sending it to the gym, and now they're revealing themselves to be the exact thing they keep claiming that all the conservatives are. They're a threat to our republic. They're a threat to our liberty. They're even a threat to the part of democracy that we utilize within our republic. Through lies, through misdirection, through insincere statements. All of this is meant to manipulate you, then to intimidate you, and then to silence you. Even if you agree with them 99% of the time, just ask a certain author from England who wrote some books about this boy wizard guy. Yeah, check with her. See what she thinks about, despite being an uber-woke leftist for the most part, disagreeing on one subject suddenly makes you the near top of the enemies list. All right, enough of that. PayPal, they're, they're doing their thing, but they've already had several penalties in place. They haven't brought back the uh, the new fines. Not yet. So read the story, see how they're putting it. Go read your user agreement yourself just to see. I mean, it is something we all should have done. And I'm not going to fuss at you too much on that one because I've done it too. I have. I'm one of you on this. When it comes to all the legal jargon in there, there are times that I've just said, yeah, I just want to get on and start posting here on Facebook. Click, click, click. Should have. I should have. I should leave Facebook. And the only reason I haven't to this point is because it's still one of the few ways I have to get in touch with some people. And anyway, let's go ahead and take the uh, mid-hour break. And when we come back from that, we'll have our conversation with A.J. Rice. You guys don't go anywhere. I will be right back. My name's Joe Biden. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. And I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight joker. I sure don't want to. I keep forgetting I'm president. I love my republic, but I am quickly losing respect for her. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Browns Coffee. It's bad enough to see sniffing Uncle Joe Biden stick his nose into women's hair. 
groping young ladies while parents stand there uncomfortably not knowing what in the heck to do because they don't have the intestinal fortitude, at least to ask Mr. President to stop sniffing my child or groping my child. But when a nasty crossdresser was recently videotaped groping itself, flashing private body parts while prancing around in a family restaurant in Plano, Texas, of all places, in front of mostly mothers and their little children, was enough to make me enraged and my wife upchuck while watching that grotesque story on Fox News. In addition, the prancing crossdresser was screaming the name of its body parts while flashing. Most of the people had looks of embarrassment or disdain. However, there was one table of black females who were rocking back and forth with raised hands, showing their approval of the vulgar white crossdresser, whose goal, like that of all leftists, is to help destroy society via corrupting the young minds of American children. The nation that does not protect its children from evil will pay a heavy price. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Constitutional Grounds. The hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Don't take my Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain. If you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and uh, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to welcome to the show a man whose resume is so impressive that if I went down the whole thing, well, let's face it, I wouldn't have enough time in my two-hour format. He is the CEO of Publius PR, which is the premier communications firm in the country. Uh, He is now officially 
a best-selling author because he has knocked it out of the ballpark with The Woking Dead. He's worked with big names across the, the spectrum of the conservative uh, rights that you would know. People like Laura Ingram, Judge Jenny Pirro, Donald Trump Jr., Marsha Blackburn, Dan Bongino, Charles Krauthammer. I, I could keep going on, but again, like I said, I don't have enough time to do all that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. A.J. Rice. A.J., first and foremost, thank you so much for your time, and how are you today? Brother Tim, great to be here. I'm ready to start tapping the truth. All right. Let's do exactly that. Before we get into anything else, though, uh, let's talk a little bit about the book again. I mean, uh, it came out back in July. In fact, July 26th, which we're here talking on the 26th of October. So we've had some time to not only have that big splash, but now we get to talk about the longevity. How are sales going? How is the messaging going? Uh, give me all the information and the latest updates about The Woking Dead. Well, look, it's a uh, it's a runaway hit. You know, we've done I don't even know over 200 interviews since July. I had a lot of support, people on radio like yourself, print, TV. You know, the requests keep coming in. I mean, this month we've been uh, pumping up the fact that you know it's Halloween, and the scariest Woking Dead imaginable are coming for your vote uh, in about two weeks. Yeah. We got all kinds of creatures running for U.S. Senate, like Fetterman, Uncle Festerman. Uncle Festerman's coming for you. He's a member of the Woking Dead, okay? You got all kinds of wackos running from Georgia to Arizona. So you got to get out there, take back your country, pick up a copy of the Woking Dead. It's spooky, but it's also funny. It's a good Halloween treat. Leave it on your liberal neighbor's doorstep. It is the ultimate treat, <laughs> whether you're the conservative enjoying it or the conservative sitting back uh, enjoying the facial expression of your uh, leftist family members who are getting a good dose of reality. Uh, and, you know, that's the, the great thing about the book. You've got such humor in it and you've got so many horrific warnings, but it is still a conglomeration of things that you have experienced during your career. And, and I want to applaud you again because you have been the man behind the curtain for so long. You probably have done more to help spread the truth true conservative message in this country than almost anybody else, if not uh, the top dog, because you've managed to get people together to continue to spread the message. You, you, you've done all this great stuff, and then you stepped out from behind that curtain. You, you, you're willing to start uh, being that strong voice again, so I appreciate all that. Definitely, we need more people encouraged, especially in times like these, and that's where I kind of want to go. We, we're definitely uh, in the heat of election uh, season here. The, the gubernatorial races that are on the line are definitely very vital if we're going to save the republic. Uh, we've got some Senate races. You mentioned Fetterman in particular, who's coming off of a horrific uh, performance with uh, the one and only debate they're going to have. But it was very much like what we would have expected. At this point, we've seen Republicans gaining a lot of ground in typically very blue areas, uh, New York, uh, Michigan also, uh, Pennsylvania starting to look better and better. Do you see anything right now that you would constitute as being a surprise? Well, not really. I mean, I look, what's, what's horrific is the fact that Mitch McConnell's not backing some of our people here. And, you know, to his, you know, I, I mean, look, 
some of these guys, they're going to come to Washington. They're not going to vote for him as majority leader. They're going to look to somebody like Rick Scott or someone else. Um, I'm not shocked. The country is being put through a medical tyranny, a cultural tyranny. And now, thanks to the reanimated corpse in the White House, who doesn't know what he's doing, who, you know, his brain pretty much operates on the same level as Fetterman, um, we're dealing with a financial tyranny. I mean, the American people have had it. They're getting soaked here. They're getting soaked. And that's why you might see a clean sweep in Arizona. That's why you're going to see a clean sweep in Georgia. And then you've got these, some of these Senate races, like in New Hampshire, go in there, march into New Hampshire, and take that. Why not? Rubio's going to win. There's no problem there. Ted Budd in North Carolina is going to win. This is not a good year if you've got a D next to your name. We're going to basically retire Nancy Pelosi. We're going to send her and her husband, Chef Boyardee, to Italy. And, you know, we'll be paying for that. The two of them will get a little Chianti in themselves, drive around the Tuscan countryside uh, on the taxpayer dime. But I'm not shocked at any of this. This is worse than 2010. This is worse than 1994 with Newt Gingrich. You know, 2010 obviously was the Tea Party. So we're coming. We're coming. The president has made a mockery of the 75 million people who did not vote for him. They call us all kinds of names. They started out with alt-right. Then they, then they turned us into deplorables, and they turned us into ultra-maga. Now we're semi-fascist. Hillary Clinton's you know, on TV calling us Nazis, straight-up Nazis. So we'll see. We're going to go out there. There's going to be – look, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be some funny business on Election Day. But the key is we've got 75 million poll watchers now. So videotape everything. Because they're, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure they at least hold on to the Senate. Yeah. They're doing way more than just their usual shenanigans. They have weaponized the Department of Justice. They are targeting people for everything from just having been in D.C. at the Capitol back on January 6th of 2021 to uh, being involved with coordinating uh, set in protest against abortion centers. Uh, if you were the guy who just were making phone calls between the police and the group, they want to put you in jail for uh, 11 years in federal prison. Uh, this blatant targeting, it, it is a case where the left, uh, these folks, they, they understand and they use the process as part of the punishment. They don't care if they ever actually get you. They know they're going to fail uh, on multiple occasions to actually put anybody in prison uh, as long as there are still judges with integrity in uh, key locations. But we're also seeing more than ever before blatant refusal to acknowledge the courts if they're not going along. We just saw this in New York City with their uh, citywide employee mandate where they're just saying, well, the policy for the jab is still in effect. Uh, with all this activity and this strong arm tactics going on, and I'm asking this more and more specifically for people that are standing up like you've been, are you concerned at all about being a, a next level target? No longer the usual try to cancel you on social media, try to debank you and deplatform you kind of thing, but legitimately uh, corral you up, have an FBI raid show up at your house at five in the morning. Is, is this something you're concerned about at all? 
Well, I mean, look, you know, I guess at this point, if if they're going to raid the president of the United States, then uh, everyone's fair game, right? So if you're a free speech advocate, if you're a free speech absolutist, if you're, you know, somebody that's trying to sabotage their system, and I don't care whether it's Kanye West or Elon Musk or Trump or Sean Hannity, it doesn't matter. Um, they're definitely keeping a list and checking it twice. Um, you know, you're going to see some crazy stuff here in the final days to try to save themselves. And then afterwards, once they've been sort of, uh, kneecapped during this lame duck session, they may try to pass some crazy, crazy stuff. Just, just speed date with Marxism. Green New Deal. I mean, get ready. Buckle up, folks. They're going to try to jam as much stuff through between Election Day and January as they possibly can. So because they know they're done. They're done. They're getting cement shoes. They're done. So, yeah, I mean, look, I guess if you're out there, you're in the public, you always have to worry about it. Um, you know. I don't know if I've ever seen any, you know, PR firm people uh, rounded up, but like, like you've been saying, the Wizard of Oz has stepped out from behind the curtain. So, yeah. Now, the thing that concerns me is we hadn't seen this kind of activity with uh, journalists before, but we've had this ABC reporter that was scooped up, and then nobody wanted to talk about that disappearance for months, and the folks at ABC still don't want to talk about it. Uh, and we can constantly see things that in the past they never would have done. Uh, cases where local law enforcement investigated what happened and said, there's really no crime here. And all of a sudden, the DOJ showing up and, well, this is a federal crime. Uh, so, I mean, I, I have genuine concern for a lot of folks right now who before I would have thought would have been well protected just by virtue of being a truth teller and being out there in, in the common good, it, it's very difficult to say that what you're doing is not protected by the Constitution. But we've known for some time, AJ, that these folks that we're dealing with, they have no regard to the Constitution. They, they don't even well, look. I mean, they, yeah. uh, look, the George W. Bush Justice Department, which did whatever it felt like, even, you know, with, you know, Bush, you know, not being, you know, a threat to them. Um, I mean, they put Judith Miller in jail, New York Times reporter. They were after Tim Russert. They were after Bob Novak. And this was all wrapped up. I don't know if you remember in that Valerie Plain stuff about, you know, with Scooter Libby and, you know, the yellow cake in Africa. It was all about the weapons of mass destruction stuff. Mm. You know, who leaked, the, who leaked the name of a CIA source? It's amazing. They really tried to bring down George W. Bush over that. Fast forward to Obama. I mean, they were tapping James Rosen's phone. They were tapping the Associated Press phone. I mean, they used the IRS to go after the Tea Party. Eric Holder was in contempt of Congress. Nobody knocked on his door like they're doing to Bannon and Navarro and a few others. So there is two different justice systems. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Bush was not willing to go to Bush and Cheney were not willing to go to war against them when he was there. 
Um, and obviously with Obama, Eric Holder was there the whole time. That was his wingman. He called himself his wingman. So all this talk about, you know, obstruction of Josh Dash and Trump was tampering. Oh, he fired Comey and he fired Sessions and he fired Bill Barr and he Rod Rosenstein and all the other lightweights, deep state, beltway, swamp creatures. I mean, Trump must have been doing something right. You know, they called Reagan the great communicator. They called Lincoln the great emancipator. Trump was the great disruptor. He disrupted the party. And they can't stand it. And believe me, I've never seen someone hunted like this, Tim. I've never seen a po- other than the politicians that were shot. I've, you know, I've never seen someone hunt. I've never seen a politician hunted like this. Yeah, it's clear. Um, they are, you know, this is a guy that used to co- this is a guy used to cooperate with the FBI when he owned all the casinos in Atlantic City. FBI used to come in and say, hey, we need to look at your cameras. Can we put a camera here? Can we put a recording device? I mean, Trump Trump was, you know, uh, he was working with law enforcement a lot because of some of the crazy stuff that would go on in the casinos that they were trying to catch people. Whether it was, you know, the mob or gangsters that came down from New York or Philly, whatever it was. Um, but here we are. They're still hunting this man. They're crawling around in Melania Trump's underwear drawer. So they still got a little Jagger Hoover in them. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt they are terrified. Uh, nobody has ever managed to come in and do as much positive movement for the country as Donald Trump did through his leadership. He said a lot of things. Sometimes he hurt some folks' feelings. Sometimes he was just talking out loud, uh, just doing a, a brainstorming session where no ideas are bad ideas. But at the end of the day, he listened maybe even a little too much to his advisors. He understood why he could say a thing, that there were still constitutional limitations. He, he established our embassy in Israel in its actual capital after everybody said it couldn't happen. It led to the Abraham Records. This is a man who accomplished things that should have been a deadlock for a Nobel Peace Prize, if that still meant anything, and yet they didn't even want to nominate him. Uh, yeah, nobody no, has been I mean, targeted. Absolutely, for... you're right. I mean, it's it's it, you know, it's amazing. It was Teddy Roosevelt esque, yeah. but the Nobel Peace Prize at this point has become sort of this sort of virtue signaling, affirmative action trophy. I mean, they gave one to Barack Obama because his dad was black. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where we're at. It's uh, everybody gets a trophy culture. Right. And the real people that deserve it, people like Netanyahu, Trump, um, Nigel Farage, there's plenty of them out there that would be better than some of these globalist schmucks that they give this award to every year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, back and look, when- the, the, the media is picking and choosing when they want to care about something. Let me just explain something to your audience because you're not going to see it on TV, and I don't know why you're not seeing it on TV. And I guess you're not seeing it on TV because the Democrats control the media and they control all branches of government right now except the Supreme Court. Did you know that there is a revolution going on in Iran right now? 
Did you know that there are thousands of Iranian Americans in the streets peacefully every weekend in D.C.? Tons and tons. I'm not talking tens of thousands of people of Persian descent protesting the little Nazis, the little mullah Nazis in Iran. Um, and no one knows. No one has seen it. I've never seen anything like it. They moved heaven and earth to show you protests because one of the worst human beings in America was killed by a scumbag cop. The patron saint of fentanyl, George Floyd, like he was Jackie Robinson, like he was Muhammad Ali, or like he was, you know, Martin Luther King. He was a waste of life, and the whole country stopped. Meanwhile, Gen Z and, and millennial Iranians, second-generation immigrants, young people, are in the streets of D.C. And because they're protesting Nazis, no one cares. No one cares in the Biden administration. And the reason no one cares is because Barack Obama and Joe Biden filled up a bunch of 747s with cash and gold bricks and silver, and all kinds of other treasure, and paid off the mullahs with that Iran nuclear deal. Millions and millions. It was an outrage. It was like giving money to the Third Reich. These people use it to finance Hezbollah. They use it to fund their nuclear weapons program, which they have pointed at Israel. And it's outrageous. It's outrageous, and no one knows. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't realize I was going to go off on this tangent here with you, Tim Tapp, but uh, more people need to know what the hell's going on. These people are in the streets. And because they're not the woking dead, because they're not in favor of totalitarianism, they're rebelling against it. Uh, no one, you know, the media could care less. You know, they could care less. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, if the media reports on this like they should, then they continue to bring attention back around to this feckless policy where we're trying to recreate an Iranian deal that's even worse than the one we had under Obama. That's and, exactly why. And if you acknowledge yeah. that, then you again acknowledge what a joke the foreign policy has been from the beginning, starting with the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan and everything that's happened since that continues to make the world a little bit less of a safer place for all their bravado about how Trump was viewed on the world stage. Uh, German politicians may have laughed at him, but they're not laughing at what he had to say now. They're probably wishing they had listened to him. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we have had that conversation about the protest on the streets. Uh, uh, and we've also talked about it here in regards to how under Obama there was an attempt there that got squashed. And uh, Obama in office, he gave it a blurb and then wanted to run right past it. So, yeah, there is an invested a vested interest by this administration as it's simply a continuation of the Obama terms uh, to try and help raise a certain type of Muslim power in those parts of the country. And these people are enemies not only of Israel, but of the United States 
and of Western civilization altogether. I'm glad that you brought it up because you're right, no intention of heading down that way, but it is something that's very much underreported. I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, but you also talked about how these people are on the streets here. I have seen local coverage that uh, mainstream media won't talk about. We are seeing even people that typically vote Democrat opening their eyes out. I'd like to think that to a degree, part of this is just seeing for themselves how terrible they are. But I also seem to think that maybe, and I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I recall seeing a big uptick about the time The Woking Dead uh, came available uh, for purchase. I, I, I think maybe... Maybe there's a little uh, coincidentalness going on there. Sure. I mean, look, and your audience needs to know, I mean, cancel culture and totalitarianism isn't just one flavor of ice cream. Yeah. It's like Baskin and Robbins. So, you know. AJ, I think I've lost him temporarily. We'll see if we can't get him back, uh, see if it doesn't reconnect. I lost you there. Glad yeah, no, I could, it's funny. You're right. It's funny. I could hear you. You couldn't hear me. So look, um, we had a basically a religious religious state sanctioned assassination attempt take place recently of a public intellectual, and uh, the Biden administration didn't didn't do anything about it. Um, and this is by no means some right wing guy. His name was Salman Rushdie. Yeah. I mean, if the Vatican sent a bunch of Jesuits to kill Bill Maher and stab him to death on stage. You would think that that would be newsworthy. But fatwa is a good word because, yes, it's an Islamic word. You know, it's basically a, a death sentence um, against somebody that offends Islam or Muhammad. But, you know, the left is issuing fatwas every day against Americans, against your children, your churches, your entertainment, your sports. They're hunting people down. The LGBTQ mafia has a hit list, and they're coming for you. So, look, totalitarianism comes in many flavors. Like I said, it's like Baskin and Robbins. So you need to be on the lookout for it and just know that if they can't, you know, deplatform or demonetize you or get to you digitally, you know, like they did with Lee Zeldin and Brett Kavanaugh and Dave Chappelle, they may try to attack you physically. Uh, just another uh, unfortunate sign of the times that we're in, AJ. You know, there is so much going on and so many things I'd still love to talk to you about. But I know you're a busy guy, and I'm going to have to let you go. We'll have to get back together again sometime soon. But I did have one more question for you before we uh, wound down officially. And that is now that you've had this level of success with The Woking Dead, getting that message out and uh, just showcasing uh, both your clever writing and your uh, – just connection to the, the literally the pulse of what's actually going on in the world today uh, with such clarity. Uh, are we going to see another book anytime in the next little bit? Because I just got this distinct impression that you were just getting started with The Woking Dead as far as the message was concerned. Well, if you look carefully at The Woking Dead cover, which is a fun cover, mm -hmm. you'll notice that there's something on the cover of the book that says Publius Prose, Volume 1. So I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan of serialized drama, serialized comedy. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Volume 2 is uh, 
look, I could I could write a sequel to The Walking Dead every day with what's going on in this country, but vol- Volume Two is being put together, uh, the blueprints as we speak. So we'll we'll definitely be able to return in the future. All right. I uh, I had a feeling, and uh, you know that is good news, sir. It's good news. Uh, AJ, real quick before you go, please let everybody know where they can find your work. Share any website you want to, and uh, basically, if you're uh, still inviting folks to follow you on social media, if you want to share any handles, you're welcome to do that as well. Sure. Look, and you want to get a copy of the book? It's everywhere. Um, but you can go to WokingDeadBook.com, and from there, you know, it'll take you to Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books a Million. Um, and obviously if you're a conservative and you're looking to get out there and get on great shows like Tim's, go to publiuspr.com, publiuspr.com. We work with everyone. We are, you know, the, the clearinghouse for a lot of MAGA superstars, but we build brands from the ground up. And if you're somebody that, you know, you think that maybe nobody would want to interview you, give us a call and, uh, we'll put together a little package and try to get you out there. Again, thank you so much for your time, AJ. I appreciate it. We'll definitely have to get back together again soon. Uh, preferably right after the midterm elections would be a great chance for us to to discuss the uh, the pros and the cons. I hope we can make that happen, but uh, I do know you are very busy, sir. Uh, God bless, Godspeed, and keep up the great work, sir. I appreciate all you do. Tim Tapp, you're a patriot. Keep fighting, my brother. I will do my best. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Rice, the CEO of Publius PR and the author of The Woking Dead. I'd like to take the chance right now, too, to remind you, if you don't already have a copy of The Woking Dead, or if you weren't one of the lucky listeners to this broadcast that won a copy, then go now, hurry, pick up a copy. (laughs) There's no better time than around Halloween uh, to pick this up. Of course, there's actually no bad time to pick it up. It's a great book. Uh, Like I said before, the humor is outstanding, and the perception is undeniable. That's going to have to be it for the first hour. So, you know, for most of you that are listening, that just means that uh, you need to hang around and uh, listen to the second hour. Still do the hourly reset for the folks listening at WCET out of beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, and the folks listening on the last frequency. We do the reset just to make it easier for that crazy Cajun, a.k.a. Doug, to uh, to fit everything and to have some stuff that he can edit out so that they can do the uh, switch at the top and bottom of the hours that they always have to do. But wherever you're listening, because you do get the full two hours uh, on the last frequency and at WCET, uninterrupted, uh, stay right where you're at, because going into the next hour, we will continue. Meanwhile, hey Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, Let's go, Brandon. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass 
They met beneath the moonlit sky, a college party drunk and high. And when they had degrees, they said their vows. He couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why. She was different in his eyes. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing-controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens... The 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican-controlled.
Hello and welcome to the second hour of this broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am indeed your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from beautiful, lovely, historic Roan County, Tennessee. And I don't care who knows it. This is a great place to live, guys. Uh, I've heard some people whine about it, uh, mostly people who haven't traveled outside of the area very much. They don't understand that while every part of this beautiful, wonderful country has its own strengths and things that make it unique, there are still very few places that compare with the overall geographic levels of just the variety. It's such a beautiful place. Anyway, glad to have you here along for the ride. Like I said, this is the second hour of a two-hour broadcast that was taking place on October 27th of 2022. I mentioned that just in case. Maybe you're a few days behind on your podcast listening. Maybe you signed on to this particular broadcast to listen to my conversation with A.J. Rice that we just finished up hour one with. If you missed it, if you happen to be just now tuning in on WCET Radio in beautiful, lovely Columbia, South Carolina, or if you're listening anywhere online on the last frequency, if you're on one of those platforms listening, then you may want to go back and hear what AJ had to say about a wide variety of topics we covered, including a few that we didn't really expect to go down. But, you know, that's the great thing about AJ. He's got a lot to talk about, and man, we just barely scratched the surface. Well worth your time if you missed it. Uh, come find me on the podcast somewhere, wherever you listen to podcasts. I highly recommend Stitcher, and based on the numbers I've been getting recently, uh, the Stitcher listenership it just continues to just go through the roof. So thank you guys. Uh, certainly appreciate it. Spotify listeners, you're getting smoked. Stitcher's beating you. You're going to have to step up your game, guys. Come on. Don't let them just win. Now, granted, you may not be able to beat them. Maybe you can't. But don't just let them win. Give them a fight. Now, if you're normally listening on iHeartRadio, or maybe you go straight to to Spreaker, or any of the other multitude of places that you listen, there's one particular app that is carrying the show in India that has helped make India the number two uh, country outside of the U.S. in listenership. In fact, there for a while, uh, the the Indian audience actually was a little bit larger than the U.S. audience. A, a couple of our broadcasts really got uh, some serious play over there. But regardless of where you listen to the podcast, Regardless if you're listening to the online platform, even if you just go straight up to tapintothetruth.com, that's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com, and you go over to the past broadcast page and uh, click the uh, players there and listen straight from uh, the website, regardless of where you're listening, thank you for listening, period. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me, especially if you're listening to one of the monetized locations because that means if you'll just let those ads play, uh, not a particularly long series of ads, doesn't really hurt anything, but it actually does help support the show. So, you know, thank you for that, too. All right, what do you say we get 
to the show itself before I continue down this path of just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's not really what you guys tune in for. Uh, or at least I don't think it is. Maybe maybe you are looking for some white noise in the background. It's like, well, that Tim guy, he's not that annoying if we don't really pay attention to him. I, I don't know. Here's what should be annoying. Project Veritas has now shared an image on social media this past Thursday claiming an FBI whistleblower had leaked a document showing that the agency classified misinformation as an election crime ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. According to the document, which is titled 2022 Midterm Election Social Media Analysis Cheat Sheet, election crimes include eight sections that fall under federal jurisdiction, ranging from campaign finance to voter suppression. The details inform federal authorities what to look out for leading up to the November 8th election. Uh, in many places, early voting already ongoing. However, federal authorities have included misinformation, and we know how fuzzy they define that. Basically, anything they don't like. Uh, and like I said, it's supposed to mean false or misleading information that is spread mistakenly or unintentionally as something that could lead to a full or grand jury investigation. Now, Again, let me let me emphasize this. They are allowing their definition in accordance to how they're going to pursue investigations into misinformation as being stuff that is false or misleading. Meaning that if you say something as a joke, but you earn yourself one of those missing context uh, stickers that Facebook likes to put on everything, that could be enough to get a full grand jury investigation brought up against you. We're talking about, in the land of protected, constitutionally protected free speech, now having to face the same kind of junk that's going on over in the UK. You could be arrested for a Facebook post. You could be arrested for a tweet. You could be arrested for... Some really goofy TikTok video, I suppose, although still trying to stay away from TikTok. Although we did just recently get acknowledgement that Trump was right about TikTok from a lefty. Yeah, it's pretty much still owned and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. And it's being used to spy on Americans. Oh, who could have possibly guessed that to be true? This the very fact that they're admitting to it is a major up, but you know... Anyway, back to this story. The document also lists disinformation. Now remember, they're going to be looking at both misinformation and disinformation. The disinformation is also going to be listed as an election crime, which in this case they're defining as points to false or inaccurate information intended to mislead others. So now they're really trying to get in here and parse the definitions being different. And as you well know, and as I've already said just a few minutes ago, talking about misinformation, essentially, it still comes down to just whatever the current administration and all these lefty woke numbskulls don't like. If this is false or inaccurate. Now, you can be inaccurate and not be precise, meaning that 
Okay, it's not necessarily false. Uh, a very imprecise communicator is what I often said about Donald Trump. You knew that in the grand strokes what he was saying instinctively was true, but if you were to try to take every single word literally instead of understanding that often he spoke in hyperbole, well, then, yeah, you could say, hey, that man's lying. But the point is, using hyperbole just means you're trying to make an exaggerated point. You shouldn't take that literally. And I don't think very many people did, except for the folks on the left who wanted all the other lefties to take it seriously so they could try to use his hyperbole against him. Very, very crappy thing. But anyway, quoting here from the documents, disinformation campaigns on social media are used to deliberately confuse, trick, or upset the public. Um, let's see... Uh, last election cycle, what is a story that was nearly wiped uh, flat out off of social media that would meet the definition of disinformation as they put this here? Hmm, maybe the Hunter Biden laptop story, which now has even been admitted by Hunter Biden himself, was true? I mean, the only person still denying anything about the Hunter Biden laptop story at this point is Joe. And that's just because Joe is still trying to figure out the difference between signing an executive order and having Congress vote on a bill to try to pass some type of student loan debt forgiveness plan, which evidently is a thing that he believes because he said as much, got it passed by a couple of votes. You don't need any votes to sign an executive order, Joe. And, oh, by the way, I'm sure your handlers haven't told you this, but the courts have put the kibosh on it, at least temporarily. And uh, the space facts, guys, if the judge setting in these cases, and we would assume they'll probably appeal and try to keep going up as far as they can, as long as the judges are reasoning sound judicial uh, thought and using the Constitution as their guide, no one is going to let this thing stand. The President of the United States, just like Nancy Pelosi said, does not have the authority to do this. It's not even a question. It just can't be done. Nancy Pelosi said this. Now, obviously, after Joe did it, Nancy also said, oh, how brave, how bold, uh, such a good move. But Nancy told you the truth to start with. And here's the funny little thing. They're literally denying everything that they've said recently. Denying it all. So I've even recently heard uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, trying to dismiss what she had said. And other people denying that Nancy had ever said it. So, um, you know, just to do as the kids say, uh, show the receipts. What do you say we listen to Nancy in her own words? Here's the thing. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. But the, the difference between the president, do, president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. 
That's not even a discussion. There it is, Nancy in our own words. And the only thing edited in that clip is the time allowed. All right? We didn't play the whole thing because it was part of a very long conversation, but it's not taken out of context. I have a longer clip available, but it's only slightly longer, and it's a bunch of gobbledygook, or basically she still comes out saying the same thing. So I'm not going to play the longer clip. But that's Nancy in her own words. Just like at the top of the first hour, the supercut that I played with all the things that they have recently denied were ever said. And there's actually some more stuff that could be thrown in there because uh, we we did have part of the supercut where they were talking about how getting the COVID-19 jab would help prevent the spread. Even though now we know that Pfizer in particular has admitted that they never even tested how it would do in regards to spread. Oh, we don't know. We didn't even, we were in such a hurry to get it out there. We were moving at the speed of science. No, no, you were not, Pfizer. Uh, none of you were. Everybody that got to a vaccine and then put it on the market because you were given all these additional legal protections. And should we take those protections away, I have a feeling you'd withdraw all these vaccines from the market. Because while you may have relatively small numbers of people having adverse effects from them, there's still a lot of people, a lot of people, a statistically significant amount, although probably not statistically large enough to say that it's a net loss, that it hurts more people than it helps, there is still that statistically significant number of people that are harmed by the jab that get very little, if any, benefit from receiving it. So simple cost-benefit analysis tells you maybe we shouldn't do it. And if you didn't have that supposed added benefit that we were supposed to get of stopping the spread, you know, I'm not as likely to, to be contagious if I've got the jab, but then I catch it, well, because I have the jab, it's not going to be as bad as it would have been otherwise, which is entirely impossible to prove. Show me any kind of study that even hints to that, because when you're trying to test something that didn't happen, how do you quantify it? Scientists know when you say something like that, you need extraordinary evidence to prove your case. Otherwise, you're just saying that you're pretty sure. And that's what you think. And we also know that in this modern age of bought and paid for science, that whoever's paying uh, for your study, whoever is writing the checks to cover your work, they typically get to be the ones to decide what you think those results are. So anyway, we're we're now being told that none of these people, Joe Biden didn't come out and say, that it would help stop the spread. Uh, Jean-Pierre never said it. Uh, her predecessor, circled back Jen Psaki, never said it. Pfizer never said If you listen to part of that supercut over again, which I may play at the end of the broadcast instead of the uh, what I have been putting at the end of the music, seems like it'd be a good place to put it again. 
Um, you will have to be listening to the podcast to get to that, though. It will not air, unfortunately, on WCET or on the last frequency because that comes at a point where I'm out of runtime there. But I'll tack it on for the purpose of the podcast listeners. I'll, I'll play that clip again. In fact, it probably won't be the last time I'll play that clip because I haven't done any of the Tap into the Truth voter apathy bits uh, for this midterm. Normally, I save those for the presidentials anyway. But this midterm really feels like I probably should have done at least one. And maybe I will before uh, <laughs> before Election Day proper. But as of right now, it's like, I don't even know where to start with some of this. I may just keep playing that super clip over and over and remind you once again of what it feels like to be so openly and blatantly lied to. Because they just expect you to believe the lie. I don't know if you guys out there happen to be Star Trek The Next Generation fans, but there's a particular episode where uh, Captain Picard was captured by the Cardassians, and he was being interrogated. Some might even say tortured to a degree. And part of the, the process was trying to break him to the point of, looking up, and they would turn on these blinding lights in his face, and they would ask it, how many lights do you see? And they wanted an answer that was different than how many lights were there. And they told them specifically how many they wanted. And the whole thing was, when we have him telling us what we want him to say, he will tell us that because he then believes that he's seen a different number. He wants to believe it because he will have been broken. This is what we're getting from the mainstream legacy media now. They're trying to break you. This is what we're getting from the weaponized Justice Department. They're trying to intimidate you, torture you, and break you. And they continue, what we have done now, we, we warned you about gaslighting for a very long time. They've gone past gaslighting. We're full-blown advanced interrogation techniques. They're so blatantly lying to you and then telling you that there's no other option. They want to establish criminality based on social media posts here. Now, the FBI's National Press Office, they've declined comment on this particular story, at least to most major news outlets. According to the federal agency's website, they said, quote, bad actors use various methods to spread disinformation about voting, such as social media platforms, texting, or peer-to-peer -peer messaging applications on smartphones. Now, I'm going to step away from this quote for a second, and I want you to tell me, do you still feel comfortable about them collecting all that metadata that they claim is strictly to try and protect us from terrorists in the homeland? I mean, you can go back to the Obama administration when they were using this big old warehouse full of servers to collect all the metadata of every phone call and every text message that you send that's supposed to be private, supposed to be unavailable to these folks, and I seem to recall we discussed at length, and we're far from the only ones who did. It wasn't just you and me, buddy. You heard a lot of other folks saying the same things. Such 
a blatant level of overreach. And at the same time, we saw such an open effort by the Obama administration to redefine what is a terrorist. Now we know, again, the Biden administration, just a continuation of what Obama had brought forth. They're taking that next step. They're moving forward with redefining terrorists as being anybody that's not a Democrat who's not willing to go along with the full agenda. Meaning there are some Democrats that you're not democrat enough. I, I, that's part of why we're seeing some people, Tulsi Gabbard, leaving the party. It wouldn't surprise me to see a few other folks leave the party before it's all said and done. And let's face facts, there's several of you that actually are still pretty much pro-America. You shouldn't be associated with the Democratic Party anymore. It's not being run by patriotic people. Now, you can certainly make the case that there's always been a questionable, seedy kind of undertow to the folks that were running the party. There's always been this concern about how they actually felt in regards to racism, claiming to be fighting against it, but the whole time promoting policies that continue to encourage it to make it worse. You can go all the way back to the pre-Civil War and look at who made up the Democratic Party at that point in time, and it's easy to make some comparisons. And, of course, they've sold this big lie that, well, you know, then there was this big switch. There never was a switch, guys. That's their PR. That's them wanting you to believe. The only thing that changed had a lot to do with the fact that JFK, who could not have been a Democrat, in today's party. Simply couldn't. Just by virtue of his speech talking about uh, how you shouldn't be asking what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for the country, that's so against the Democrats' current platform, they'd never let him in the party now. JFK today would have to be a Republican. He just wouldn't have a choice. He wouldn't be welcome. I mean, technically, he could be an independent, I suppose, if he wanted to be. Just can't bring myself to be a Republican. But I don't think the Kennedys would have had that much of an issue switching parties under the current uh, conditions. Anyway, point still is, when they start talking about social media, that's one thing. When they take it up to the next level, talking about texting and peer-to-peer messaging applications on your phones, that means they are expecting to access your metadata. They're expecting to be looking at the conversations you're having, private conversations that you're having with friends, family, random people you do business with, uh, people who maybe interview you for radio, internet talk shows like this one. Uh, I'm sorry if you end up being uh, wrongly connected uh, to some of the crazy things I've said just because you happen to have showed up on the show one time to try to promote something, even if you greatly disagree with my general policy. There was a time when we used to understand somebody who's trying to promote something, they're welcome to platforms. It doesn't mean they agree with everything that's normally pushed on that platform. I'm trying to give a voice to people who need to be heard. Anyway, let's get back to quoting before I go too far down this rabbit hole and don't have enough time to cover the other stories I want to get to.
as I was, let's just start back at the beginning of this particular quote. Bad actors use various methods to spread disinformation about voting, such as social media platforms, texting, or peer-to-peer messaging applications on smartphones. They may provide misleading information about the time, manner, or place of voting. This can include inaccurate election dates or false claims about voting qualifications or methods, such as false information suggesting that one may vote by text, which is not allowed in any jurisdiction. Okay. Do you, do you recognize some of the warnings here? Because right off the bat, in that statement, I recognize three, maybe even four, memes that have been going around since the last two election cycles. Talking about how showing up for election day the day after. It was a meme. Now, for the folks on the left who don't understand, that's not misinformation. That is a joke. Now, what the people on the left don't want you to think about, for even one little second, is the fact that there should be some minimal qualifications for you to show up to vote. There should be. There aren't. I mean, you just have to be a certain age and you have to be registered. That's the only qualifications in the overwhelming majority of jurisdictions. But to me, that's not enough. You need to be willing to put in that minimum amount of effort. You know, like showing up at a polling place, even if you're voting early, if you can physically go if there is not some either overwhelming medical reason or if you're not currently serving in the military, which would require you to vote by mail, then thanks to early voting, there are very few scenarios where you should not at least show up at a polling place in person. And the early voting has made it so easy in most jurisdictions. I I don't know Uh, There may be exceptions to this in some places, but I know it to be true in most jurisdictions in the country. Certainly is true here in Tennessee. You don't have to show up to your assigned precinct if you vote early. Usually the early voting is light enough that as long as they can find you on the general rolls and you can provide, like here, your photo ID, which is not at all racist in any way, and it's not about voter suppression, Uh, It's just how they match up and make sure you are who you say you are. They ask you, oh, is this still your address? Probably more important if you show up on actual election day, because then you're actually still required to go to the specific polling place that matches your district. But if you can show up, if you have a two-week window, and you can show up in any of the places where voting is normally taking place, then you don't have very many reasons not to show up in person. But if you don't care enough to at least know what dates you can go vote, if you're going to believe a meme over caring enough to look up the factual information which is readily available from a multitude of sources, then maybe... You should just stay home on election day. For those of you who have been longtime listeners, you know that's typically how I end the tap into the truth voter apathy project bits. But uh, 
Maybe I should dig one of those up and play an older one. I'm sure there's at least two that are universal. <laughs> I'll go back and check. I'll play a few of them before uh, Election Day proper. We'll do that. Anyway, the point of the matter being, the FBI, according to this document, if this is true, see here, trying to have some journalistic integrity, it is from Project Veritas, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think Project Veritas is going to put anything up that they're not fairly confident about. They are still trying to gain a positive reputation. They have a, an impeccable reputation for those who are willing to acknowledge it for what it is. For the folks on the left, they want to discredit and dismiss Project Veritas. So they're still trying to prove how accurate they are. So I believe this to be accurate. We also know that the Biden administration announced earlier this year that its Department of Homeland Security would, in fact, create a disinformation governance board. You remember that? A lot of conservative politicians, a lot of conservative commentators, myself included, talked about how this would actually be a group that would just crack down on freedom of speech in a very unconstitutional and, oh yes, dare I say it, Orwellian manner. After facing massive opposition, federal authorities shut down the Disinformation Governance Board back in August, more than three months after announcing a pause on the board's work. The lady who was going to head this up resigned uh, shortly after the pause, and then they supposedly shut it down after that because nobody knew wanted to be the face of the truth board, and with good reason. All right, let's take that mid-hour break right about now. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be back after this very brief break. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy has declared that GOP-led Congress will not approve any so-called comprehensive amnesty deals before the border chaos is fixed. Hopefully it's not too little too late. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The southern border is destroyed, thanks but no thanks to utterly foolish buffoonery and sometimes wicked plots to literally demolish our republic via unlimited, illegal, 
and legal immigration. It was woefully evil to tie amnesty and border security together. The politicians who designed and pushed through such madness should be permanently banned from running for political office for imposing such a burden and security risk for we the people. Obviously, Biden and his fellow leftist cronies, including some rhino Republicans, have refused to operate as members of the government of by and for the people. Hopefully, the establishment's preferred amnesty for so-called border security is permanently defunct, because if it is not ended very soon, we will no longer be the great sovereign republic land of the free, home of the brave. If we allow this most blessed nation to devolve into a balkanized mobocracy overrun by illegals, it will be hell on earth. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. So I'll say this. The president has been very clear, you know, as you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. He's been very clear. There's going to be another pandemic. The president is doing what the president is. Your, the president is. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. These are items the president has been very clear on. End of quote. Repeat the line. And so the president has been very clear. The president has been very clear. I was going to put him uh, foot. The president's been very clear. Like a billion, two hundred million, seven hundred seven, 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 seven thirty-seven thousand, seven, seven thirty, seven hundred thirty. Very, very clear. All you got to do is look what is being played on, played the, 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 this morning. Look, the president has been very clear. But is he going to specify exactly? No, but he has. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway constitutional grounds the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother richer healthier and less acetic coffee our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the re20 promo code and you will receive a 20 percent discount Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say, stick your pride. Where the sun don't shine, keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. Yes, indeed, we would be just fine. And you know what else would be fine? Just uh, throwing it out there for your general consumption. If you are listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Look down in the show description. Down there, you're going to see links to My Patriot Supply. You're going to see links to Hero Soap. You're going to see links to Patriot Depot. Now, the thing about those links, they they may look a little different. They're not going to say MyPatriotSupply.com, which actually will take you there and Given everything and food shortages that are coming, I definitely want you to go be prepared. But the thing about those links 
is that if you use them, they're still going to take you to those websites. But they're going to know that I sent you. And so then you get to go get some stuff that either you want or in some cases, like with my Patriot Supply, need. And you get a chance to help support the show. So I'm going to ask you if you're interested, if you're thinking about visiting those sites, want to see what the newest item is over at Hero Soap. If you want to pick up the latest cool patriotic t-shirt or hoodie, if you're looking for something that's pro-Second Amendment or pro-Christian or just pro-conservative or pro-Donald Trump or even just some great Let's Go Brandon gear, uh, my Patriot, my Patriot, then we're talking about Patriot Depot. And go visit them if you're looking for that kind of stuff. And they've got some great shot glasses over there. Just some phenomenal stuff. I've been uh, definitely uh, stacking up and uh, building up my shot glass collection. A lot of Second Amendment stuff over there with the shot glasses. Just really good stuff. Anyway, if you were thinking about visiting anyway, just go hit Click the link, do whatever, and if whatever platform you're listening to, if the entire link isn't live, then just copy the whole thing and then paste it in your web browser. That way, it will work just the same. And if you're listening on WCET or over at The Last Frequency, well, then you don't have my show description in front of you, do you? The solution there is to either... Go visit me on social media, on multiple platforms, uh, whether we're talking about Facebook, Twitter. I am on Instagram, but probably the only thing I'm sending up at all is stuff for the show. Uh, obviously, Locals, want to get you guys to go sign up and join the Tap Into the Truth community on Locals.com. Uh, you can go to Truth. Social, you can go to Gab and Spreely and Parlor and Getter, and you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Minds. There's uh, MeWe, and on most of those, you will find links to those as well. But you also can just as easily come visit me at Tap Into the Truth. That's T A P P Into the Truth dot com. And you can scroll down. You can find uh, banners and buttons to push that will take you to some of these places. And if you don't see what you're looking for specifically, then go to the Friends and Sponsors page, and you can find more stuff there. All those things are about you getting things that you want or need anyway, and then coming back around and uh, supporting the show without having to spend any extra money that you weren't going to anyway. All right, wanted to throw this out here as a quick hit just to have it uh, mentioned briefly on the show. It seems that our good, good friend, Nicole Hannah-Jones, was paid a rather massive salary of $40,000, in fact, to give a speech at a high school just minutes away from the campus of her new employer. Now, this in and of itself, not a big deal. Now, if if you happen to be drawing a blank on who Hannah, um, who Nicole Hannah Jones was, I was just going to say Hannah Jones, but Nicole Hannah Jones, we, we should give her that respect. Former New York Times writer, 
currently a Howard University professor, where she became tenured with the help of a $20 million in donations from uh, the MacArthur, Knight, and Ford Foundations, including time travel that uh, fee amounts to approximately $10,000 an hour. Anyway, uh, time traveled and all that other stuff. The thing is, Nicole's most famous in our modern vernacular for her authorship of the 1619 Project. So here's the thing. This huge fee, an opportunity for Hannah Jones to sell her book, even as the event implied that it was banned. Now, here's a banned book. Would you like a copy? Uh, don't. You keep using this word. I do not think it means what you think it means. So while the event was held at a public high school, the talk was a program of the Arlington Public Library. And the cost was so enormous that, uh, well, it created a little tension between the library and the uh, Friends of Arlington Library community, a, a non-profit group that raised money to fund the library including author events. So they put a lot of time and effort into this. And according to information from them, this very nearly bankrupted the library. It busted its budget wide open. Anyway, uh, not a huge thing. Another quick hit. You know, we were talking about the stuff going on with Pfizer. Right now, the Italian government is investigating Pfizer for allegedly, see, we're going to put our journalistic integrity hat on, allegedly funneling $1.2 billion out of Italy to try to avoid taxes. So we'll see how that plays out, too. A story that is worth some more attention and probably not enough time to give it accurate attention, but we'll... Uh, move forward with it. There's a young man in Ireland. He was sentenced to three and a half years in prison for the terrible, horrible, no good crime of defending himself and his family from a drunk intruder who attacked this teenager in his home. Well, he was a teenager when it happened. We're talking about a young man goes by the name of Dean. I'm not going to attempt his last name. It's probably fairly easy, but I'm just not going to do it because right now my East Tennessee tongue is not feeling very cooperative. Dean was just 17 years old back on July 26th of 2018, which is when a drunk 25-year-old man named Jack Power broke into Dean and his family's home, attacked him directly late in the night. Power had been drinking and apparently found damage to his car that night. Thinking that Dean was responsible for that damage, Power first started his assault by throwing a rock through the front window of their family home and then entered the house to confront the then teenager, assaulting him in his bedroom. This is all documented uh, by the local uh, news outlet, the Irish Mirror. They reported that information, and they also said 
that Dean's mother might have been attacked as well, meaning that at the time that they reported on this, they didn't have official confirmation, but that story was being reported. Now, it's important to understand that Dean was a relatively thin young man. Like I said, he was 17 at the time. In the midst of being assaulted, he grabbed a knife that he happened to have at the side of his bed. What do you do when you grab a knife and you're trying to defend yourself? He stabbed Powers, who, by the way, happens to be a tall and was described as being well-built. This guy was not bodybuilder buff, but he was well put together. He was a tough guy. Could have easily hurt Dean very badly, if not killed him accidentally. So clearly, self-defense should have been the primary cause of what happened here. So he's being attacked by Powers. He uses the knife, stabs him multiple times, and unfortunately for Power, in his drunken stupor, he did what he never should have done, and he ended up getting killed for it. Dean survived, killing the older man. He then immediately contacted emergency services and told him exactly what happened. Now, technically, in Ireland, they do allow their citizens to use force to defend their homes. I say technically because Justice Paul McDermott deemed that young Master Dean, who's now 21 years of age, used, and this is quoting, grossly, grossly excessive force against power. Because a power was unarmed while attacking the teenager. Now, I would like to remind you, big guy, big drunken guy, not using the best of judgment, the guy's fist were his weapon. His willingness to break into somebody's home in the middle of the night because he was drunk and mad makes him a threat. That should be enough. Granted, there are places here in this country right now where it wouldn't be. There are places in this country where they're trying to push to make that to be the case everywhere else. But right now, they're still arguing gun control. Uh, knife control comes next, by the way. Anyway, instead of having charges dismissed and self-defense being recognized, Young Dean was charged with the death, charged with murder of Powers, and faced five and a half years in prison. But the good judge recognized that, uh, you know, that was a bit harsh under the conditions, because after all, it was self-defense. But self-defense utilizing grossly excessive force is still criminal. So he very magnanimously reduced the sentence to a four-and-a-half-year sentence. And because Dean had showed remorse for his actions and took immediate responsibility, uh, he felt like that was reasonable. So with that in mind, the final year of a sentence has been suspended for two years. So that basically means that he's still going to spend three-and-a-half years in an Irish prison. And as long as he doesn't get into any kind of trouble for two years while he's in, he'll not have to serve that final year of his sentence. 
I don't know about you, but that feels like some pretty big crap. This was a 17-year-old young man who was being assaulted by a large drunken man who may or may not have already hurt his mother, broke into their house late in the night, and for all he knew, was going to kill him. When you cannot defend yourself anymore, when you're not legally allowed to protect yourself, your property, your family, the lives of innocent people around you, then you have no liberty. Now, for those of you that are saying, but Tim, that was in Ireland. Yeah, it is in Ireland. And you need to pay close attention to what's happening on that side of the pond because the stuff that California usually tries out before it reaches the rest of the country, normally it gets tried out on that side of the pond before it gets to California. This is what they want. And if you think it isn't, then you just haven't been paying attention. All right. Uh, before I run out of time, there is one last thing. Just not a segment I've done for a very long time here. But I came across this. And I just got to play this audio. It's from a viral uh, TikTok video that has been uh, erased since then. But because it went viral before she could take it down, lots of people are still seeing it. Uh, give this audio a listen. No woman, no crime. This message is to all our would-be accomplices and white allies. This message is to all the white people who have BLM in their bio. If you really want to prove to black people that you love us and you care about us and you are down for the cause, do not go see that movie opening weekend. You buy your ticket, you give it to a black person or a black family who can't afford to go, and then you go sit at that theater in front of the doors. You make sure that every black person in that theater can enjoy that movie in peace. You make sure that you use your body to block us from anybody who would be coming in that theater to do us harm. That is your job. You can go see it on another weekend. Go see it on the second or third weekend. But the first weekend, that's for us. To do anything other than this is anti-black. Okay, so if I go see a Marvel movie in the theater on opening weekend, I'm committing an act of anti-blackness? That's what this lady's saying? Okay, first and foremost, how many people are showing up at the opening weekend of a Marvel superhero movie to go do harm to black people? I mean, I would love to see some statistics on this. And this clearly, it, it must be a thing that's happening, and I'm just out of touch with the community to the point that I have no idea. Go pay for a ticket for somebody else who can't afford it. We talked about this after the first Black Panther movie came out. It was a success. It was a box office success. It was huge. One of Disney's biggest money-making uh, movies out of the Marvel franchise. I'm near to the top. And uh, actually a pretty good movie overall. I enjoyed it. I, even with my criticalness of their wokeness that they keep in so in which thankfully in the first three four uh, levels as they were building up these different phases 
there was a certain amount of wokeness, but not a lot. Now the current phases are including it at a sickening level to the point that it's going to be very difficult to continue to watch it moving forward if they don't put an end to it. But Black Panther would not have been the success it was if white people didn't go see it. A lot of how Hollywood measures the viability and strength of a project is its opening weekend. If we sent every black person in America to go see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the sequel, the backup, uh, the, the next chapter in the story, and only black people were the ones allowed in, that's it. If every black person in America went, bought and paid for, even though a lot of them have no interest in seeing the movie, we just made them go. They took, took their ability to say no away from them. It would still be a bomb for a first weekend. Guys, you only make up 13% of the population. Of that 13%, probably about 60% eh, of you care about this movie. At least care enough to go see it in the theaters. You know it's going to be on Disney Plus soon, and a lot of you have Disney Plus at home. You're probably willing to wait a, a few months to see it there since you're already paying for your Disney Plus service. And for the folks that aren't doing that much, they probably don't care anyway. It'll be at the Redbox soon. Rent it from there. And if you don't know what the Redbox is, then just rent it from Netflix. Oh, wait, they don't do that anymore. Find a place... They're available. You can watch this movie. But please, stop telling me how to be your ally. Because if your ally includes us having to be segregated and separate, that we are not melding together, then I can't be your ally. If you're actually expecting people to have BM, BLM in your profiles, then... Obviously, you're talking to a specific group of stupid white people because at this point in time, it's been well demonstrated that Black Lives Matter Incorporated was nothing but a scam. They've been forced to admit it. It is common knowledge. Please, we go to the theaters to enjoy some time away from the madness out there. Stop trying to ruin sports. Stop trying to ruin entertainment and keep your divisive, meaningless, racist messages out of public consumption. If you don't like what Ye has said in his anti-Semitic rants, stop with your anti-white people rants. That seems pretty legit. That's where I'm going to have to leave it, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely. Definitely, don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, I guess one final shout-out for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon! Hey. Let's go, Brandon! Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey.
using both hands Founders knew the second amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my using both hands You're not going to get covid if you have these vaccinations Vaccinated people do not carry the virus don't get sick Getting those shots out for 5 to 11 year olds is going to provide a lot of comfort to American families horses really running them over people being strapped A horrific video of the CBP officers on horse on horses using brutal and inappropriate measures against innocent people we have a secure border the border is in fact secure the border is closed the border is secure the border is secure the border is closed we've been unequivocal in that on the issue of Afghanistan and to that end we have seen a successful drawdown of the embassy. I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. This is all about keeping working folks and ordinary folks that I grew up with from being able to vote. The reconciliation package would cost zero dollars. The cost of these bills in terms of adding to the deficit is zero. Some have expressed publicly that they're not comfortable with uh, 3.5, even though zero costs zero dollars. Zero. 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 This bill is fully paid for and will not raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. Let me say that again. Be crystal clear. No one making 
less than $400,000 a year will pay a single additional penny in tax for all these things that were in the in, in the Build Back Better plan. If you're a husband and wife, school teacher, and a cop, you're paying at a higher rate than the average person making a billion dollars a year is. My plans do not add to inflationary pressure. The Build Back Better agenda will help reduce inflation, will help cut costs for the American people. If we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will, in fact, reduce inflation. Inflation is going to come down next year. Inflation will come down next year. These inflation uh, rises will be transitory, that they will come back down next year. Our economy is strong as hell. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. And I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I really mean it. I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke. Everything is awesome. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. 